Department of Children and Family Services, DCFS right here in the state of Illinois. You know, I think that uh, we've had so many cases where they have dropped the ball. So I had to get somebody in here who kind of deals with this on a daily basis. And, uh, you know, I'm going to bring... Uh, my my special guest in after you read me what talk talk to me yeah. about what happened with AJ Frond and what they found with DCFS. Yeah, so this is the this is the most recent news. So the DCFS released a summary of its records, reports, and documents showing um, the interaction with AJ's family and detailed numerous encounters with the family, including seventeen unannounced visits between June of two thousand and fifteen and March of two thousand and sixteen. Um, the worker stated that they did not observe any signs of abuse or neglect. Wow. Last week, DCFS received another hotline call alleging neglect and inadequate in and adequate supervision at the home the call came in the same day as aj parents reported him missing so the dcfs reported friday that um their report revealed that it was a long history of child welfare hotline calls with reports of a troubled home life um crazy living conditions drug abuse by the parents um it revealed that at a point in time that both the mother and aj actually tested positive for for opiates and other drugs um it stated that he was actually removed from the care and dcfs had took custody of the infant but he was returned to the home um like after eight months so it ultimately basically after after that happened hotline calls continue um to come they continue to come in so now they're they're basically reviewing the caseworker and the supervisor that was on that was over the case and they put them on administrative leave um they have no casework uh, responsibility currently and the agent um the agency said they will also like to review like all of the cases basically that these that these people have handled. A little bit lazy. yeah they released and the dcfs did say this they said um as we move forward we will be fully transparent with the public as we seek to address any possible shortcomings in the incident and understand how we can better service the state and vulnerable children and families protecting vulnerable children who come to our attention is at the core of our mission as dcfs all of us feel this loss our priority is the care and safety of aj's younger sibling who is now in the care of another family so we're going to get all the way in and dive deep into the discussion you can uh, uh come in with us at 312-374-8130 i'm going to bring my special guest in uh and see what she got to say ashley tillman uh and and what's up what's going on with you how you doing i'm doing good um, <laughs> so that's a lot right that's yeah, a lot that's, that's that's deep yeah, yeah. um first I, firstly Tell tell the world about yourself real quick before we dive into that. Talk to the people about <laughs> some of the work that you've been in. So um, I graduated from uh, undergrad from Northern Illinois University. I graduated in December of 2017. I took like maybe a couple months off and I dove straight into the work field, which was um, I wanted to do child welfare because um, my end goal is to go to law school and become a GAL. Right. So uh, I was like, you know, how else can I get this experience? How else can I actually know what's going on and get the inside scoop without actually putting myself in the field? So what I decided to do was... I just applied to be a case manager for a DCFS. Um, then I ended up going through private agencies. So now I'm a caseworker. I've been doing it for a year and a half now. Um, and I will say that You're one of the youngest they got, too. Yeah. So most of the agencies that um, I am the youngest. I'm the youngest there. Wow. Um, and Millennial stand-up. <laughs> no, but um, does it get awkward for me? Yes. Um, I find myself going over and beyond, but 
what people have to realize is I have a lot of family members and friends and they say like, man, you do a lot like yeah. for your job. You go all out. These other caseworkers not doing that. And mm. I'm saying, you know, when before I started this field, I did say that. I was like, people not doing their job. If, if I had that job, I mean, I'm checking in on my kid. I'm there. Right. I'm 24-7. Like, what's up? I'm in your face. Mm-hmm. But what people have to understand is I am the youngest at my agency. And what other people don't realize is these caseworkers, these supervisors, they have their moms, their wives. Yeah. They have other responsibilities yeah. on top of carrying a caseload of 17 kids. Mm. So, and it's not as simple as you saying, okay, you got 17 kids to look after. That's 17 people you got to go to court for. That's 17 different natural parents you got to put in and out of rehab. That's 17 foster, 17 different foster parents you got to communicate with on a daily basis. That's 17 different schools you got to do pop-up visits to mm-hmm. to check in on these kids to make sure they're okay in school, you know, they're not being distracted in school. So it's, it's way more than what people think. Yeah, it's not mm-hmm. as easy. It's not as easy. And, yeah. and at first... So, so is that on them or is that on the uh, DCFS? We, we, the, their caseload shouldn't be that much, right? It shouldn't be. Okay. But in some cases it is. Um... I mean, what are you going to do? Are you going to go to your super? I can't handle this. I'm under stress. Like, you you kind of got to roll with the punches right, in this the job. job. You kind of got to well, just well, stick In this to case, it. like, this is just negligence here, right? You know, these DCFS workers looked over all of this abuse. What do you do? You go in the house, right? Mm-hmm. You go in the houses. You look to see if a child is supposed to be in that house. Yes. If you was this DCFS worker who saw this 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 crazy stuff going on in the household, who saw the doctor's report saying that he was being beat, mm-hmm. what do you do? So it's a chain of command with DCFS. I think most people get it confused because they will just, all they hear is just a caseworker. Right. And they like, the caseworker did it. But right. what you guys don't understand is it's definitely a chain of command. So before the caseworker even step in, you have your investigator. Now, right. I'm not an investigator. I don't investigate the case. Mm-hmm. All I do is the case get brought to me, we place the kid in a foster home. Right. Okay. That's what I do. So it's different. So when the investigator go in, I seen you that you read um, the investigator did something like, 17 unannounced home visits, right? Right. Within those 17 unannounced home visits, they probably was spick and span. I mean, like, hmm. clean up, get this up, move that, move this. There's they were, they were on top of their game. Yeah. As an investigator, if you don't see it, you cannot you can't say do anything. It. You right. cannot just make up something. Everything with DCFS has to get noted. Right. If you lie in your notes... And that's the same thing as lying and saying you went to the house and you really didn't. If That's all penalized. That's all on you. So this investigator probably did do those unannounced home visits, and they probably was on their A game just because they like, okay, I know we under investigation. How about for this month we lay low? We what a, what cool. about the, the doctor's reports? If you see the doctor's report saying that this child is being beaten, Okay. What what kind of evidence do you need to say? Look, these kid, these parents are unfit. You know what what type of evidence you need to get there? You don't. That should have been enough, actually. Um, to just to be honest, the doctor's report should have been enough. But I did hear you say that he was taken out of the home. He was for eight and, months. For, for eight, eight months. months. So let me tell you how that works. When a kid is taken out of the home, it goes to court, mm-hmm. and then they rule out that the kid becomes a ward of the state, which means that the kid is now in our custody, DCFS right. custody, right? So now that they are in our custody, you have to move for different court. Man, like you can be in court, it's it's a whole different ball game, right? Right. Because at that point, it's not up to you. If the judge see that the parent is fit, the judge will overrule you, and it's done. Right? I I cannot. It's been times when I have been in court, and I have told the judge, "Judge, I'm not comfortable," Mm -hmm. and they were like, "Well." 
mom completed all her services because understand he was out the home for eight months in those eight months mom had to complete certain services to get her child to back. get her child back yeah. she mm-hmm. so she had drug problems she had to do rehab mm-hmm. she probably had to do um therapy individual right. therapy yeah. she mm-hmm. probably had to do so many services she managed to complete them right once your services are completed what do we tell you in the beginning? If you complete all these, we'll give you 12 months to complete these services. If you complete them before, then that's great. If you don't, we're just going to go to full out 12. So if the judge decides, oh, you know, you, you did all this, I'm going to overrule, you know, what they're saying. I think that you're fit. I think you got yourself together. I'm going to give you a second chance. How about you get your child to return home? So that's how he probably but went back the, home. The job of DCFS also, just to explain, too, is not just to necessarily snatch kids out of the home. No. Like, that's not the, and that's what people be confused. Exactly. They're so confused about that part. And that's what gets me because they, like, just take them. But it's like, well, little You're do y'all know, we're trying to work towards giving these people a second chance. To be parents. To be parents. Mm-hmm. So that's why we put them to parenting classes, parent coaching, individual therapy. We want to know what's wrong with you. Do you need mental help? Right. Like, we want to know. Like, what's the issue here that you can't parent? The goal is not, I'm taking the kid, you're never getting the kid back. Right. Now, if you choose to, oh, I am not about to do any of these services, I'm tired. I had some natural parents tell me, like, I choose drugs. So, we good, we good. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, And, and then we move on. So, it's, it's not, the goal is not, we snatching these kids away. Right. No. So, that's why this investigator, they, they it's like they were giving them chances. The right. So, so do, you, do you think those investigators will be moved to be fired? Or do you think this kind of political, and they just move on administrative leave until investigation is happening? No. In most cases, when we do lose a child, nine times out of ten, it's done for, for yeah. that caseworker um, or investigator. And the... The thing is, notes will be reviewed for sure because they they will go in and flip house. They need to go yeah. through everything. They need right. to check, like, were you really here? What was this? How does this timeline align? They have to go through it all. Right. So I do think that, you know, probably they will lose their job. But, yeah. you know, I'm not the people that go in and flip house, so I can't really speak on it, whatever they find. But if it's, that, if it's to that extreme, they will. Right. Um, you're saying as in, like, sometimes they just put them on administrative leave and then you get your wait, job wait, back, you wait back wait in the field blow, working with kids. smoke blow over. Because it, if, you, if you are saying what, what, what I think you're saying is you're saying that they could have done their job. Mm-hmm. That parent was taken out of the home. Mm-hmm. That parent completed those services. Mm-hmm. They went to, the old, to 17 unannounced visits and they were probably on their P's and Q's mm-hmm. and they probably didn't see any evidence of, of mistreatment. They could have been in that position. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, this tragic event still happen exactly and so you you can never know what what is what is a particular case that that you would say you know an example of a caseworker being negligent and you know it's seen so i am so happy you asked me this question i was preparing up in the car i'm like (laughs) if he asked me this this is what i'm gonna say right so i'm so happy you asked me this question because they're outside looking in that's you all right you just know caseworker Caseworker did not do her job. That's how you guys right. see it. Like the baby you, is dead. Yeah, the baby dead. The, the caseworker did not do right. the job. That's all you guys see, right? So, but I was once outside looking in as well. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm inside looking around, mm-hmm. this is my surroundings. I'm like, okay. So you have certain caseworkers, and in this case, you you do have lazy caseworkers, and then yeah. you have caseworkers that are overworked and underpaid. Right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um. That's when I started to see the difference. So you have me. I'm young. I have no husband. I have no kids. I go home to myself. So if I want to spend an extra little time in the field, you have it. 
I can do that. Right. If I feel like, mm, my spidey senses are tingling, let me go pop up at this house. I can do that. I don't got no kids at home laying in the bed like I need someone to check them out. Real quick. I, don't, I don't have none of that going right. on. So I can put my extra time in my kids on my caseload. Mm-hmm. Those are my babies. I, I give them my extra time. Now, me versus another woman who have a husband, have five kids of her own, can she really get up out of her bed in the middle of the night? Can she leave right. her kids? Like, you know, say, friends, what if her husband works overnights? Can she leave her kids, you to know? Go. Can, yeah. can she do that? So you have those caseworkers that's really trying to balance the two. And then you have the caseworkers that are just like, they enjoy they enjoy the, the flexibility that they may have. And I'm just going to say it. Right. So they Sound may, like lazy. Yeah. That, that, so that's it. an example. They like, Give me uh, an example. Like an example would be... Um, I don't know if you guys heard about this case. I think it was in Joliet. A young girl was uh, found in a couch. Samaj so Crosby. I heard about that. Yes. yes. And that, so we're going to get into that, that, but come that on. That disturbed yes. my soul. Like, regardless right. if I'm in this field or not, I'm still a human. So right. what got me the most was when they said that. That's when I wanted everybody to rise up and say, the caseworker did. Because right. at that point, she took a note down that same day and said, um, went to visit the home. Minor was fine. The same day that they found the girl in, in the, the couch. couch. Right. So, we sometimes as caseworkers have to travel far distances. So, I believe, like, my time working, the furthest I had to go was, like, to to Gurney. And I used to dread it, but I love the family that I had out there. Like, they were just right. amazing. They welcomed me, cooked me dinner. It. Yeah, so I'm yeah. like, okay, I can do the drive. That's cool. And it, but to some people, it's like, drive to Gurney to, for 30 minutes and have to drive back to Chicago? No. I think not. How about I call y'all? Oh, y'all good? I'm going to note that. They was good. So, that's how, and, and that's the vibe that I got from that situation. So now, she, that's so lazy. That, that, now, that's a lazy caseworker. She that's put lazy. in the notes that she went and seen that child, and that child was right, that, right, the child being was put dead. in the couch. So, or, or dead, because exactly. that child was dead for a certain period of time. Exactly. So, that is one of the reasons why I don't play that. Yeah. Like, I even put down in my notes, like, if I had to reschedule a visit, I put down even an attempt. Like, hey, attempt to go out. We had to reschedule. Mom's not doing something, or mom's out. We got to reschedule it. Because right. that's, when I seen that case, I'm like, you got to cross your T's and dot your I's now. Because how can you say that? You went to go see that baby and the same day they found her in the couch. That's ridiculous. I feel like, I don't know. It, it's When it comes to caseworkers, it's only one caseworker that's assigned to each case? Yes. They may Maybe have- that needs to change, essentially. Mm-hmm. Maybe it needs to be multiple caseworkers that's assigned to these cases. And something like... They said between June 2015 and March 2016 that they were doing these unannounced visits, like 17 of them. Right. Maybe if it was somebody else, they probably could have mm-hmm. caught on to it. That probably You got 17 kids and you're going to somebody's house mm-hmm. 17 times. You're on this through almost a year. And mm-hmm. you're not ca- clearly you know something is up. They knew something was up. But like she said, they can't make it up. So if maybe if they had some backup, just like the police, they got a partner. Mm-hmm. Maybe they need a partner so that way we can really tackle it because... Yeah. Yeah. To be completely honest, I know people that that's been in foster care. That's really not a place for anybody. Not a place no. for anybody. You know, people get lost in in foster care. People get it's, kids it's get spe- sexually abused. Yeah, yeah. So speaking of you, you don't like you don't like kids being in uh you know you you in group home and things of that sort, right? You know, I I don't want to put you all the way out there, but <laughs> but I mean you. <laughs> But you know, you 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 real protective over the kids in your caseload. I am, and and so what are some reforms? She she said that you know having a partner. What are some things you think could change to kind of help these situations? An extra partner. Uh, that wouldn't. 
You don't think that will work? See, the thing is, okay, so I work for a private agency of DCFS. You mm-hmm. have big DCFS. Who, okay, so luckily in my private agency, in private agencies, you're allowed to have something called a case aid. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like an assistant to us. So if I can't make a school visit, hey, can you go out to the school, check on that kid? Um, not home visits, though. Home visits are for me because I need to. I know what I need to inspect. Right. But my case aides also cover my parent-child visits. So they get to see the natural parent with the child and see how they interact. And then they'll let me know, hey, it ain't looking good. Or mom got real rowdy. Like, she kind of disturbed me a little bit. They'll let you know. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, big DCFS, they don't have that. And I actually just learned that. I'm like, why they ain't got no cases? They got these big cases. They're like, DCFS don't have cases. And like, that... And maybe that needs to change. That needs to change. Okay. But I do, I do think that, um, I do think that like extra help is needed. But people get burnt out in this job, man. Yeah. Because um, when I was with my first agency, I actually was like, I had left my first agency, and I was like, yeah, you know what? That was it. Gave me a run for my money. You <laughs> like, yep, that's me. And then I went to another agency, and the agency that I'm at now, I, I really, I really love. I got a good fit of it. You know, mm-hmm. everyone's cool. I like the vibe. Um. And it's not it's not as like how my because they will burn you out. You would do so much, and they will just like expect for you still to show up. Like right, and it's like right. no, I'm smiling. Sorry. You can't do Joseph. that. Like yeah. you can't do it. What's up, Joseph? So you know me. I go all the way to the basics. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you know, I hear everything. I always look at both sides. Uh, but I still always look at the facts, right? Mm-hmm. So I always say when it comes to DCFS cases. They have signs. Now, I hear this part where you say, well, we give them chances. Right. That's okay. But these chances, are, are, uh, a lot of children are dying because of these chances. Yeah, but right? you got you got to think about parents still have rights. And, and I agree with, with yeah. what she's saying. Um, we need fresh, young blood. We need new people who people who have the passion, who care about their job. Right. A lot of people are just working these jobs. Failed leadership, uh, it's just all trying to support their family. At the end of the day, family. I definitely say the, the facts be that. I mean, at the end of the day, if a kid at harm's way, yes, we're gonna give the consideration of the parent to still be involved, but you don't continue to put kids in a situation where they're at harm. It's just yeah. that simple. We, I mean, and we, we could t- continue to see this when it comes to that. Um, let me, let me I, say I, so, certain situations, and, and and so this is where I will agree, uh, with her on because I am one who believes that there's always uh, two and three sides to each story. Now, certain situations to the public, we will say, oh, there were signs, right? But you are not that caseworker. And if you're not that caseworker, and if you don't go to that home, and you don't see what's going on, and you don't have the sp- your, your spotty tense, uh, uh, senses tingling, then you don't technically know whether that child. And so there are certain signs that I think that are now. If you go to a child, uh, if you go to a child's home and that child got a black eye, okay. Now you like, okay, what? All right, now what the hell's going on? Mm-hmm. But if you go to that child and 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 that child got a little scratch on him, and he say, oh well, you know, I failed, you know. Or there are certain situations where you can't, uh, uh, you want to try to make the best decision, but parents still have rights. You can't just say, oh, I see a little scratch that that kid got to go. 
Mm-hmm. And and so you you technically have to, you know, because the whole goal of DCFS, like you said, is not to just snatch a kid out of the household. Right. right. It's to make sure they're in a safe household and a, a household that they can grow and thrive in. So if, but nine times out of ten, the judge want to keep them with their family. They want to keep them with the mom, the dad, the aunt, the sibling. They don't exactly. want them to go from that family. And so they give second chances to those parents for that very reason, which sometimes it goes to uh, uh, tragic situations like this. So how do we then, because it's not just DCFS, it then goes to court. Mm-hmm. So talk about court proceedings. What, you know, how is the judge in making their decisions and those policies? <clears throat> so the most you can do in court um, is present your evidence. So right. whether you can show um, how the natural parent has the um are they making progress? Are they in rehab like they say they are? If they are, where where's, where's the proof? Like, I need to frequent drops, random drops. Are you clean? Like, are you dirt? I need to know everything. And you present that in court. Now, everyone is an appointed attorney. So you have the state's attorney. You have the GAL, which is the guardian ally, and she covers the child. Like, she protects the child. She speaks for the child. And then you, then natural parent if it's mom and dad, they both get separate attorneys. If it's just mom, she gets her own attorney. Or if they're trying to work to reunification together, they can get the same attorney. So everyone, but you have to understand, like, these attorneys, they're going to fight for their client. Exactly. Right. So um, you can say, I feel like mom is not compliant. I feel like dad or mom is not compliant. They have not been answering my phone calls. I try to reach out to them. I try to get them to visit their kid. They're not compliant. Their attorney can step in like, well, judge, my client is working. She's trying to provide a home for the kids when they get back home. So can we give her a little bit of leeway? Can we give him a little bit and of leeway? And then it's up to the judge. And then, it's yeah, up, it's then up the, up judge the judge is judge. like, okay. The, ju- like, the judge, right. you can present your case. The judge ain't in that house. Exactly. And so technically they're just listening exactly. to what yeah. the caseworker's saying and they're listening to what the parent's saying. Like and then the judge goal, the ultimate goal is the judge uh, for the judge is really to figure out how to keep that child with that parent and that family. Exactly. And so if that's their goal, they're going to be like, they're going to technically lean parent mm-hmm. more than they would lean DCFS. Mm-hmm. And so DCFS gets the scrutiny, but sometimes the judge is, dec- is up to the judge and it's their decision. Who writes up the report that the go, judge look at? That's well, that's, that's, I mean, I'm, I'm trying but I'm, it's I'm trying still, to look at on, on, on every end because I, I, I can speak from personal experience right. with my older daughter. And mm-hmm. she's absolutely right. You can have all of that. I had DCFS come out to the house mm-hmm. and right. do the whole nine. And they, they come out there and everything. And mom even called them herself and said, I don't want to. Right. At the end of the day, it was still a huge fight to get a, to, to get a baby back to the mom. Right. So, so, so I understand the whole process of how that works, right? But um, I, I still... I still continue to uh, just stick strong. Well, hold that thought. Call in number 312-374-8130. We're going to go to a commercial break right here on the Bum Radio Show. Keep listening. Um, I don't want to open up a business anymore. No bank will accept me. Well, that's going to change with CNI. Who's CNI? Well, they're not a traditional lender. Their goal is to help you start up. As long as you have a great idea and willing to work hard. Well, I'm ready. Well, let me get you the $50,000 you need today to start your business. CNI is ready for you. If you want help with your business, too, go to cnimfg.org. That's cnimfg.org. In the first 10 days of April alone, at least 88 people were shot in the city of Chicago, 20 of them fatal. Our city has become a battleground for misguided people who have no hope. 
but it doesn't have to stay that way. It's time for us to join in the fight. Pastor Corey Brooks and Project Hood are launching a campaign to help bring change to our city, but they need our help. The South Side is in need of a community center to help provide resources and opportunity for our people. Visit www.projecthood.org. That's www.projecthood.org to donate and learn more about our project. And remember, it's up to us to change the landscape of our city. Let's build Chicago. Do you want to start a business but don't know the first steps? Are you an entrepreneur looking to expand? Or were you like me, had a rocky credit history keeping you from achieving the American dream? Or are you just an individual wondering how to navigate our economy? Well, no matter your situation, Majesty Financial has a plan for you. Our trained professionals can help with financial literacy, credit development, business resources, and more. We will jumpstart your business and get you the capital that you need. Visit our website at majestyfinancial.com. That's M-A-J-O-S-T-E-E, financial.com. And learn how to make the most of tomorrow today. Let's hang out. What you want to do? I don't know. Let's go to the club. Uh, I ain't in the mood for that. Let's go to a bar. We did that last week. Well, we can do something chill, like a hookah lounge. Yeah. Everybody been talking about that place called Mr. Hookah. Mr. Hookah? Where's that? Hold on. Let me get the address. That's up north. It's at 5005 West Lawrence. They open seven days a week, 6 p.m. to 2 a.m. And it's BYOB. They said it's the best smoke in the shop. All right, let's go. Do you know how easy it is for your voice to get lost in courtroom injustice? Major forces using their power to silence you? Well, find your voice with the Parikh Law Group. Founded in 2010, the Parikh Law Group moves away from the traditional notions of law firm practice to innovative, personalized, and results-driven solutions. They have uplifted the voices of clients in cases concerning discrimination, immigration, corporations, and election law. Call the Parikh Law Group today to receive a complimentary strategy session regarding your legal needs at 312-725-3476. Once again, that's 312-725-3476. The Parikh Law Group will make sure your voice is heard. How you bumming? How you bumming? You're listening to the Bum Radio Show with J. Ma Green and Kibbermo right here on WVON. All right, we're back on the Bum Radio Show, the bold, uncensored movement. But a great thing about speaking the truth is you don't have a rip. Shoot, God. So he's eating hot flamings, guys. (laughs) And his mouth is really hot. His tongue is red. (laughs) So tried to play it off. The great thing about speaking the truth is you don't have to memorize it. Uh (laughs) You had to memorize that one, brother. Memorize My mouth got hot. Uh, Affected my memory. So let's get back. We're going to get back into the DCFS conversation. Uh, coming up uh, uh, on the, the next hour, we're going to be talking about the fifty grand we're giving to startup businesses. So please stay tuned in. Can I apply for and that? then we got um, <laughs> right. Kara, Kara already got first dibs, but she How ain't you getting do? it. 
Um, she ain't getting nothing. So <laughs> we gonna <laughs> we also in the next hour, Kira. What are we gonna be talking about on a relationship topic? Um, yeah, concern versus control. Concern Ooh. versus control is our relationship How topic. How to know when Just someone is being right too? Concerned. How to know? How to know? No, we gonna get. But I have a question from Facebook, or really just a comment. So. Okay. Kenneth says, yes, DCFS does try to work with the family. I taking, I've taken kids out of a home that was completely um, unlivable when I was at work. I deemed it upsafe for the kids, so I took them to DCFS, and DCFS ended up giving the kids to a family member. He was like, my problem is, and what I don't understand is, why was the parent, why do they continue to get sent to family members? This has happened over 26 times, and the parent always ends up back with the child. Okay. Talk about it. So... I totally understand. Uh, Kenneth? Kenneth. I get your question. Um, The thing is, again, is just how the system works. Um, You have kids that come in, and when they come in, you see if, say, for instance, mom abuse. Okay? So where's the custodial parent? The custodial parent will be dad if he's in the picture. If he's not in the picture... Now, to prevent this kid from going into the system and us putting him with a traditional foster home, which is someone that they don't even know, how about we see if they have an, un- an uncle, a, si- a big sister? Because, again, y'all, the goal is not to, to keep take the, the family right, together. That's the I, I don't think people understand. It's it's more traumatizing putting these kids with people they don't know. They have to, like, rearrange their whole lifestyle. Like, mm-hmm. and, and sometimes I hate it. Because they have to change schools, and like my babies will be like Miss Ashley, like I just made friends, and yeah. I had a, a, a baby break down to me. He was like, I just want to be normal. He yeah. was like, I gotta keep going to these schools and lying to these people, and I'm like, ooh, my eyeballs are sweating, right? Right. So I'm like, um, what's something that a kid said to you that made you uh, really break down? Because you, you of course young, so you have uh, probably you know those people with families and have been through it all probably. Pro- things probably don't touch them as they do somebody without kids, and and you are now like trying to fathom how a kid is going through a certain condition. What's something that you've heard from a kid that made you be like, "Wow"? Mm. It's so much, and that's crazy because yeah. I haven't even been there for a long time. But yeah. um, it's not much of what I hear; it's what I see them do, mm-hmm. and their actions will make me be like, "Something happened. Something's to you. wrong." Something wrong, something happened to you mm-hmm. that shouldn't have happened What's to your, you. So, so give me your spidey t- t- uh, uh, senses then. When you go in the house or when you see something, what makes you feel like, man, something is going on in this my household? Ch- I, I know my kids like the back of my hand. And then my friends laugh at me because I be like, I, go, I got to go pick up my kid. And they be like, girl, you ain't even got you be taking it. <laughs> but, but that's how I talk about it. But you them. should be that committed to right. it. DCFS. So um, I'll go and I'll go in and I'll see like, I just like. I ain't got the room. When yeah. I walk in, if somebody's, like, meeting me to the door, they don't want me to go back into their home. Like, they like, don't want me to up? look at rooms. I'm back up off me. What's right. good up here? Right. Like, let what's me see the on? room. And now I want to check out the rooms because you made it that way. If you open the door and you welcome me, like, oh, sit down. I have this one parent whenever I go in. She be like, she be upstairs. She just like, oh, hey, Miss Ashley, I'll be down in a second. Give me a second. She's giving me ample enough to, I, I can look through anything. Yeah. But those parents that meet you at the door, hey, we only sit in the living room today. No, you sit in the living room today, baby. I'm about to go inspect right. these rooms. I got a job to exactly. do. Exactly. Like, because why you why you hounding me, you know? So, mm-hmm. and then again, my kids will tense up. Mm-hmm. And my kids so, like, smart. They crack me up because they'll be like, can I talk to you in the room real quick? Like, that's their office. I'm like, are you pulling me into the <laughs> office? Like, and I, I laugh, but I love it because I, I established a bond with them where they can do that. Because sometimes I even put them to the side, like, you good? Yeah, I'm good. You sure? Yeah. 
you ain't got a lot of me. Are you good? We can leave right now if you ain't good. Are you sure you good? Like, that's how I play with them, but they yeah. know I'm serious. And they're like, no, Miss Ashley, I'm really serious. Then sometimes they'll say, no, something's bothering me, and I'm, what's up? Like, you know, right. let's get to it. I got a supervisor on the line right now. We can work something out. Right. But another issue with – um. This is just going back. I know, like Kenneth said, like, why are they constantly placing them with family? The biggest issue that DCFS have is, like, homes. A lot of people no don't want to open. for black kids. A lot no. of people don't want to open want their no homes. One thing that so, I Kira, will say, you open up your apartment? Um, <laughs> so, I was just about to say something about that, personally, yeah, right? So, one of my nieces was actually in the system, but I mm-hmm. believe she was, like, in West Virginia or something. I don't know. Okay. My brother was in jail, right? My brother mm-hmm. just recently got out of jail. So, he ended up getting finally custody of her once he got out. Great. But at the time... Okay, I'm only 27 now, right? So at the time, they didn't know who to call, right? right? So her mom going through whatever she's going through. My brother's in jail. His family, as far as my brother's family, we're all in Chicago. Like I said, they're in like West Virginia somewhere. Mm. Right. They didn't know who to call. Somebody ended up writing my brother. This is how crazy. Someone ended up writing my brother saying, hey, she's in like foster care right now. They're trying to figure out where can she go, right? Cool. Me and my sister, like, we're going to get her because she's not about to stay in there. So at the time, I don't know. I don't know how. It's really confusing. It was so hard for me to even get somebody on the phone and say, like, yo, this is what it is. Like, we can take her. By the time we was able to, they already gave her son another family. So now it's a whole court process now. Or it needs to be, like, an immediate person or something. Yeah, it was just, Mm -hmm. like, so much. We, like, I felt so bad. But it's like, man, so now you got, now I have a niece that, looking at us like oh y'all living y'all life like y'all doing this and this and the third and i'm in foster care but you said dcfs supposed to look into if they got other people in the family what what, why didn't they do that why does she have to go find dcfs instead of dcfs finding them that's when a lazy part kicks in okay because you supposed to explore your options right now i get it if um times run out you got to put this kid somewhere what I'd rather put this kid in a group home or I got a traditional foster home ready to go. Okay, so right. I, I get that part. But they were supposed to explore those options. Like, right. you know, um, information was supposed to be given to them or they could have just did their own background. Like, okay, who's, you know, who's mm-hmm. dad's side? What does that look like? Mm-hmm. And you write, it is a whole court, court process. Once it's they're in crazy. the traditional foster home, it's like, okay, now you guys have to come in. We got to run background checks mm-hmm. on you guys. But I don't know how Virginia system works. It right. may be different. But... I do know, like, if you guys came forward, your background checks clear, everything was fine, they inspected your home. The only issue that I can see them having is the interstate compact. That is, right. That's a huge problem with right. us. Sometimes I get um, people calling from um, different states, and they like, hey, I'm that baby's auntie. Bring them out to Florida. Whoa. Like, it's like, wait, wait, <laughs> right, wait. Like, oh, hold on. You right. okay? Mm-hmm. Like, it's so many steps we got to take before we would send this baby to Florida. Like, right. you know, what about family members here? It's, right. it's other and, and then it's like you said too because by the time we i was able to speak to my niece yeah i'm like okay so do you want to come and she's like well i just started school i just want to finish out the school year See? because now it's just like yo i was just in foster care right and then i who knows wherever she was after that and now i'm here i would love to come with y'all but now yeah. i'm in school it's mm-hmm. like i don't want to well now where we are now where we are kira we got yeah. a caseworker here who has many kids that she, she yeah, but let's can, be honest, so can, guys. Can you me, take, well, I, okay. I don't have kids. Yeah. I don't have kids for a reason, okay? <laughs> I'm not opening. I can't do that. And I'm not one of the people that want to check. 
I love my nieces and nephews. I can send right. them back to their parents. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I can't take on that responsibility. Now, right. Joseph, Joseph got a hundred kids, so he probably don't well, need no more. Well, well, look. Well, look. <laughs> hey, that's what made me who I am. <laughs> okay. Um, but, so, my question would be because if we can make more of these type of environments that you give these kids, right, um, obviously they don't have homes to send them to. Uh I would expect what maybe if they can get more funding to create facilities, whereas you're not just automatically putting them right back into harm's way, but you actually have people like you in a facility where you guys still care from they still doing something. But kids, kids certain, don't like facilities, right? I think, they, they want real or, homes. Or maybe get away from facilities. No, no matter what, it needs okay. to be some funding put into. Well, basically, this, I'm gonna tell you what you're saying because I'm gonna say it the better way that you probably was saying. Okay. Basically, we need uh, to to do outreach and and. Make people want to open up their homes to foster kids, exactly. whether that is uh, ads, whether that is exactly. uh, incentivizing it some way, whether that is, you know, how do we now take DCFS system and make a person like me think twice after I hear a commercial and be like, I'm going to just go and well, get people already get right. money. That's part of the reason why they do it and still don't and take care why, of the kids. But that's why I make that yeah. point. Like, yeah. I don't want the money. The like, yeah. because there's so many people. I literally know kids. I remember when I was in school, yeah. kids used to come to school so dirty. This, they down and third. And they was foster kids. And the kids used to be like, this ain't even my real mama. Well, like, they felt some type of way because it's like, so I know you're getting paid. what about those? You, you've ran across those. I'm sure you got parents that just mm-hmm. do it for a check. What about those parents? Oh, we have the most run ass. Okay. Yeah. Like, that's because... Because how how the way my heart is set up, yeah, that's what you're Absolutely not about to not. do. So um, I have issues with that, and I and I tell people like um, so DCFS. We try to recruit parents because like, we need we need homes. We need more homes to put these kids. Otherwise, it's group homes or these kids are on standstill, don't know where to go, but right. they know that they're leaving this home soon, right? Mm-hmm. So we try to recruit homes, but I always let people know like understand. You know, you are going to get paid for having this child, but don't let that be your end all be all. Don't let that you be. Gotta cha- you gotta have some love. You gotta have some love. We you need don't, a group home. And I have to. No group homes. No group homes. An imaginary group home where every kid <laughs> right. will love to go there. You oh, can go and there and learn. Yeah, and, and okay. you can go there, <laughs> sleep, learn, no. and play. Right. No, no kid want to be want to be in a group home. They want to be no, in a I home think, where right. they feel loved. Like Chuck E. Cheese, they like to be I, there. I they need to be somewhere safe. Why would you continue to keep putting okay, kids so at harm's way? Okay, no, so let me tell you this. Okay, so listen. I'm saying you would rather have a home. The that system is failing. Why would I continue to push our young black children out there? Not just into the home that they were in. I'm saying they don't just get to be. They get it everywhere. There needs to be a Kira home. There needs to be Ashley home. There needs to be home. That they're put in where they okay, actually well, let's care say about, homes. but not group. Call, you know, group homes, homes with whichever budget, way you want to call them. These kids got to be somewhere where people can care for them and actually be real until they able to get into a good yes, situation. But not 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 where a bunch, not where like a bunch that. of kids are in a certain situation. Go ahead, Ashley. I was just gonna say it's 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 deeper than that. Like I have some kids mm-hmm. that will be like, um, I ain't going to no group home, Miss Ashley. That's worse than Juvie, right? We say home. So, we we put home on it. Whatever you want to call it. I just feel that our kids. No, it's a group. It's know. group. But it's, I'm it's saying, group, you, but you have talk about what a, it's, talk it's, about the, the the real dynamics of a group home. It's so hard. Like in, in those, group it's homes. crap. They not put. It's no fun that they're not making it. 
But hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let, moves, let me have school, her. Schools go under roll because you pull everything out of it, and people don't have no reason. There's nothing hold there tight, for them Joseph. to want to come hold there tight, for, right? Joseph. Describe a, a, a group. A group on party is probably crap. Hold tight. Listen. Yeah. No kid want to be there. So maybe right. somewhere where a kid would be comfortable. <laughs> listen, with. listen to what a group home. Go ahead. So, he like take care of these babies. Right. So you have some group homes where these kids are being molested, yeah. raped, right? And understand these are same sex group homes. These are all boys or all girls group homes. So right. they're only getting molested by other boys, other girls. You see what I'm saying? Um, and you have people that's supposed to be over these group homes protecting them, and they let it ride. So imagine, like, going to sleep. Like, I know I can look at most of the kids on my caseload, and I can say, they're not going to last a night in a group home. So let me get to seeing, hey, licensing team, what we got? We got homes, like... Because you cannot last a day. It's like a mini jail. So how do we create something better than so that? I, no, that's what I was going to say. I get what this you're saying. This is what we're talking about right. is creating homes uh, uh, or, or getting people to want to open up their home to adopt kids. Right. Because I get what you're saying. Like, how about we revamp the facility, put more funding into it? How you, how you Real certified like me? people that I'm work right. in there. I'm, a, now, I'm over the group home. And now it's I'm still, it's but still not then, a good idea. When kids are growing up, right. you can't put them in a situation where they're with dozens of other kids that's going through the, who, same, going through thing. the same things who all need love. Bring they need to be in every, a home. Put funding and investment no, listen. Not, not a good idea. You're not listening. Okay, I'm going to try it. I'm going to Thank not you. a good idea. Keep passionate about this. I get it, right. and I love no. I love your passion. Would you like to be a caseworker? No, I'm, I'm, okay. I'm fine. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, so, so I get your kid. passion, and I love it. But you have to understand, it's so this different. Like, like I get a fun facility, bouncy houses, counselors, <laughs> therapists. <laughs> like I get it. Like everybody getting hugged. Not realistic. Know? Right, you mad? Get a hug. Like I get it. It ain't gonna happen like that in Chicago. Anywhere else is realistic. Listen, just not for us. Not realistic. It's just But not. it's not what's and in the best un- interest of a, exactly. the child. It's you not in the best understand. interest of a child to be in a massive facility with multiple kids. It's just like a jail. It's just like they have minimum facilities. They were jail is still you, you can go out. You can kick it. You can do everything you want to do. Jail. But you're still in jail. Exactly. So you don't want. It's not ideal for a kid to be in a massive facility. It's mm-hmm. ideal for a kid to be with a parent that cares about them. So there are parents who want to adopt parents who can't have kids. Those are the homes that we need to be looking for and making sure that they understand that we need, we so, need, go ahead. Let me touch on that. So yeah. I get what you're saying, but then you have to also understand like these kids, their goal is just to have a loving home. Mm-hmm. That's it. They ain't, they ain't checking for what you, they and I get, right. Thing. I get your passion, lovable center. They ain't even checking for that. They like, no, thank you. Well, I would like to have solution. I get it, right but there, they like, I would like to have my own room. Right. I would like to have someone to call mom. That's what they want. So right. they not even checking for it. Like, if group homes is better, I'll go to a group home. No, they'd be still. They want normal. I don't want no group. They want, they want normal. normal. Like, I, my, I, my, I hear mm-hmm. from my babies all the time. It's actually, it's getting Especially tiring. if they coming from exactly. households that are broken. They're and looking for normality. That well, what's normal about? Children study that. That's what I don't get. No, there's there's a difference. What's normal about continuing to send them back into these positions? No, no, no. It's different. They're not sending them back into positions. What I'm thinking about is alternatives. But what's normal about okay? We don't want to do that. We want to stay with the family, and this is what we. We're not even talking about just with the family. We're talking about a group home is outside of the family. We're talking about so. So I think we're talking about. So I think that I think that 
Joseph is not thinking of group home in a sense of like a group home as in, as in a sense of a facility. I think that you're thinking of, okay, say for instance, I had a home, right? And I decided, okay, I can take care of four foster kids. They there together. I'm going to love on them. I'm going to make sure that they good. Right. We're putting them into a situation. Is that what you're saying? Because this is what I think. I know kids that went to group homes and it's like a, a juvenile detention. Mm-hmm. There's no way I would recommend a group home because I right. know for a fact it's like a mini jail and I believe every single thing you're saying, you're saying like about a, it. Uh-huh. I'm saying, I always think salute. So my mind is yeah. always way ahead so when i think solution i'm thinking of taking something what they intended for it to be but turning it to something totally different actually putting funding into it and making it somewhere where it's safe and maybe they will want to try that out instead of just continuing to go to these families it's going to abuse them Mm -hmm. and do all the rest of it it's still no no good end result you still you can't take certain certain situations and generalize you can't take certain situations and say oh because we got a Samaj Crosby or because we got an AJ Frone that we need to to look differently because there are parents, all the parents out there are going to do that. That's not the truth. Exactly. There are many loving homes right now mm-hmm. in DCFS that that have adopted kids that are doing going well that are that they're being raised properly. Just because you have cases like this, or cases like Samaje Crosby, that does not mean that there aren't parents out there that love those kids. I believe yeah. we don't need group homes. homes. I believe that we don't need group homes. We need parents. I believe we need it's people good who's going to care but and love these kids. How many kids are going into the flow right now? So right. it's we not enough. Homes for these kids. It's not. Yes, that's why they're group homes. They're group homes because there there's a process in trying to. So now I'm saying make the group home out of some, so then they don't get there and be mm, in that situation. This is what I think. I think that you you got to be honest (laughs) and you got to be realistic. Clearly, we got a system right now that's not working because we are finding kids literally in fields. We're finding kids literally in couches. What I think um, is great that Ashley explained is that there is actually a protocol. So it does go to an investigator first, and it's up to this investigator. To low-key have more love for their job than the caseworker so that Mm -hmm. they can really understand Mm -hmm. what's going on. So by the time that the caseworker get it, okay, boom, this is what's going on. The caseworker's going to know, oh, by this report, I need to be on this. I think that that that's where it needs to start first mm-hmm. because regardless of the situation DCFS is here because children are being abused right so we got a system that's already messed up mm-hmm. we All can't right. we can't ignore that we what can't we ignore have it. to wait what we have to definitely figure out right now is a solution to it what where do we what where do we set the bar for there these investigators i think go. right now, go. now we got to set it's the bar with the, with with the investigators there you go so it's reform so the case workers can really do that all right we, we, we got to wrap this up ashley tell me a, tell me a final thought where do we go from here with dcfs system i personally think that um dcfs should not be so so standoffish when it comes to like my my generation. Yeah. Um. If you see a young person willing to get this job, understand mm-hmm. they're not doing it for a check because the check ain't much. Mm-hmm. They're doing it because they really want some experience. They want to get into this field. And then too, you have some people that may get burnt out quick. But if you have more of me, mm-hmm. or like you know, or I have um a colleague and we're like super close. So if I can't do something, she got my back. She's like, I'm going in. I'm doing your home visit. Like I got you. Right. So and if you have more of us. It'll be better. But then, like um, you mentioned before, when we were off air, you was like, how about we just clean house? And it's more like just revamping it. Like, how about we just... For like flooded with so many people that's passionate. The interviews need to be different. What are you doing mm-hmm. this for? There you like go, that, it, it just ne- right. It just needs to be more passionate. And if you have a lot on your plate, they should ask, "What's your stress level looking like right now?" Exactly. In the interview, be people that because if you get because if you get higher and your stress level is through the roof, and you got five kids at home, your husband cheating on you, you coming to work, you 
get that baby. I want to be with my husband. You know what I mean? You're not focused. Yeah. All right. So, so 